Hello, friends, and welcome back to the To The Heights podcast, a production of the Grexley Podcast Network. My name is Olivia Colombo, and I am a young Catholic changemaker, future social worker, and journalist, sharing stories of people who are reaching to the heights in terms of social justice and making sustainable changes in this world. This season, which we're calling Hope in Humanity, we are focusing on people and organizations, secular or religious, who are social justice oriented and who have come up with creative solutions to the many problems that our world is facing. Today's guest took matters into his own hands, or maybe onto his own two feet. Meet Gordon Wayne. My name is Gordon Wayne. I go to Boston College. I'm in, I'm in the CSOM program. Nice. And you are a sophomore, right? Yes. Yeah. First year I transferred in here. Uh, right now my major is management and leadership. Which to me, it, it sounds kind of like a made-up major. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I don't, I don't know. We got to have some real talk about BC's culture, what the attention surrounding this endeavor was, etc. But first, let's talk about what he did. Gordon explains to the Boston College Office of University Communications in an interview moments after he arrived on campus. Around this time last year, I was, I was homeless. You know, I, and I didn't know what I was gonna do with myself. Um, it seemed like there was no real escape and I was really fortunate to find my way here. It, it took a lot of luck and a lot of hard work. All I did was walk, you know, we walk we walk every single day. I just walked a little bit extra, but. A f- and walk he did. He walked for 16 straight days from his home in Virginia to Boston College, which was around 550 miles. He documented his journey on social media and raised money for the National Alliance on Homelessness, which has raised over $38,000 as of the time of this podcast release. Gordon and I Zoomed last week, with him sitting on our canvases quad with Gasson, the third most Instagrammed university building in the United States, looming in the background. The bustle of students and traffic and also some lively wind gave us a nice backdrop, just like the background of my noisy Comav apartment and the beloved Beeline train um, through my drafty apartment windows is giving this voiceover some character. Anyways, Gordon and I got to talk about how he started this journey. All right, why don't we just dive in? Would you like to tell me what you were up to earlier in August? Um, so around the beginning of August, I was thinking about... You know, because so I I've been homeless uh, for a, a long time, and you know, coming to Boston College represented that ending, right? And I wanted to think of a way that I could help other people get out of it. Um, and also, you know, so the Montserrat program here at Boston College they actually offered to pay for a plane ticket for me to fly up here, but wow. someone just didn't sit right about it. Like, yeah. you know, I I wanted to, like, earn my way here, and I felt like if I took the plane, you know, I wouldn't really be earning it as much for some reason. Uh, so I had the idea to combine the two by walking up here, which I thought was the most, like, it's the most simple way to get so, somewhere, you know, is to walk. Um, walk up here, and I was going to fundraise for the National Alliance and Homelessness. So I came up with that, you know, around August 1st, maybe like the end of July. And I didn't, 
I didn't train for it. My training was I walked eight miles one day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, yeah, I can do this. <laughs> uh, and then I started on, on August 12th, got here August 28th, 16 days of walking. Um, I raised, well, I didn't raise, but I, I helped to raise. Right now it's over $37,000, which wow. is going to really impact a lot of people's lives. So. I'm really happy that I was able to inspire people to donate. I learned about what Gordon was doing only a few short days into his walk. Some BC students found Gordon's Instagram and were sharing his posts on their stories, and it just blew up from there. Soon, almost everyone knew about his story, weeks before students were even thinking about moving back to campus. And you documented it on social media. Did you initially plan to share it on social media? and it just blew up or how did that kind of thought process go? So I was hoping to get like 20 bucks, right? Like I didn't have, I, I put the goal at a hundred thousand. I didn't have a, a goal. I was like, because you know, that's out of my control. I don't control, you know, if it, if people pay attention to it or, you know, if people donate to it. But um, yeah, so my plan was post on social media, you know, hopefully a few people donate get get a I want my my main goal was to raise more money than I spent right mm-hmm. I was gonna spend about a thousand five hundred on it um, and we're able to do that which was which was pretty cool yeah yeah um how did you pick which organization you were gonna donate to so I googled best organizations against homelessness nice. and that was when I came up <laughs> very nice <laughs> I did that like two days before I left something like that I don't remember exactly but it was like shortly before I left yeah nice very nice um what has the attention been like um since it kind of blew up on social media and what has it been like being around campus um the first thing this sounds kind of cliche but like I didn't I definitely did not do any of this for me. Like, it's the whole reason why I was doing it. Like, the main reason was to try to raise awareness for an issue that people don't really pay attention to. You know, like, it's an issue I feel like we could really get rid of pretty simply. And, um, you know, it's it's just been ignored. Like, I and I I knew what that felt like. So I want to I want to try to eliminate that feeling for for anyone in this country at least. Um, but the attention, it's had its goods and, well, not goods. It's, it's been, it's been kind of cool because people have been nice, but also people have been really mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I've, I, recently I found out I have a hate mob online, which, which is interesting because, you know, I, but I, I can't even be mad about it because I don't know, you know, what those people are experiencing in life and like what would make them be be upset enough to to trash me online so i it's not like i could be hateful about it back because then that just completes the cycle and you know there's there's no point of that but um you know it definitely has not been cool to have that yeah you know i've, I've experienced worse in life so it's not it's not the worst thing and then also a lot of people have been nice um the school has been welcoming you know, people have been pretty kind to me too. So, 
yeah. yeah, it hasn't been horrible, but it hasn't been like it's it's not something I've really wanted, and it's not something that's been all like good. Mm-hmm. That yeah, yeah, I agree, and I also share the sentiment of like I I used to do like environmental activism when I was pretty young, and I also had like mobs of haters online who just like. It's like, why are you hating on, like, a 13-year-old girl who's talking about climate change? Like, yeah. don't you have something better to do? Yeah. Yeah, like, you know, personally, like, I ask the same questions, but then it's like, you know, their mom or dad could have died, you know? Like, they could they could be experiencing a lot of pain. And if them making fun of me or, you know, spreading lies about me makes them truly feel better about themselves, then I hope they keep doing it. This is where I think Gordon's true character shows through in all the best ways. I'll come back to this in a few minutes, so I'm putting a little virtual asterisk here. Like, no, it's it's not it's not the worst thing in the world. It's just not positive. But not not everyone's going to be positive about what we what we do, even if we think it is a positive thing. Which I I definitely think what I did positive um and yeah. no one's going to change my mind about that so if if them you know making fun of me or whatever makes them feel better then they can just keep doing it you know that's a good so. way to look at it that's interesting yeah um i have a question a kind of real talk question so what has it been like bc has a very specific type of culture right what has it been like being at bc and coming from being homeless and are there parts of bc as kind of an institution and culture that you'd like to change are there parts of it that you're really grateful for what's it been like so far um so i understand that i have a much different perspective on on life than than, i mean i can't say everyone but most people here you know Um, like when i look up at at these buildings like i'm in awe you know like i'm actually because a year ago i couldn't have even dreamed of being here. You know, that's that's important it, it's an important thing for me to realize like this is beyond my wildest dreams first of all and you know, with that comes the obvious fact that someone someone's paying for this stuff right and those people you know they have a lot of money and they have a much different outlook on on this stuff than me you know to them it's more of an expected you know event in life to be going to such an incredible place like like we're getting an education that's in the top of the top of the one percent like in the world you know and and you know of course this place has its flaws and you know of course it's gonna have stuck up people who like people have made fun of me for being homeless for example which i mean i don't really understand but but the thing is like it just gotta adapt you know like i I knew that i was going to be going to a much different place you know where i'm from there's confederate flags everywhere (laughs) okay like so it's it's a it's a big culture change for me but i mean i knew that was going to happen so you know it's it's a much different place but that's that's fine. Like, of course it can improve, you know, and I'm going to work to try to improve it as much as I can to try to accommodate everyone, Mm -hmm. all types. But 
you know, this place is amazing. We we shouldn't take away from that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's, that's a good point. Do you think that you'll continue to advocate for, um, I don't know, policy change and more support of the homeless in the area on campus? Like, what are your plans to kind of take this movement and momentum that you've started and continue it? Um, I have a lot of ideas, um, but I need to figure out how I'm going to make them happen. Um, so like one dream I have is to like unite all the Boston area schools against homelessness somehow. Um, but you know, I just got here. I need to, I need to figure out how to do this type of stuff. Um, it's not going to be easy to do, but nothing good in life comes easily. So, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to try to find my way. Uh, I ran for UGBC completely lost, completely lost. Now, that might be because I didn't campaign and my, in my one campaign post, I promoted all of my opponents. So (laughs) that might be why I lost, uh, but that doesn't mean I still can't make an impact. You know, I'm going to go to student council meetings. I'm going to make sure they're doing their jobs. I'm going to talk to people to see what they want changed, you know. Mm-hmm. Like for instance, ROTC. I don't. I don't ever hear anyone talking about ROTC. I'm gonna try to try like talk to them, talk to all the underrepresented groups, um, and raise questions at the UGBC meetings. Because mm-hmm. um, you don't need to be an elected official to make a change, you know. True. So, Very true. Um, my campaign strategy might not have been the best, but that doesn't mean I can't make a change. So I'm gonna do that. Um, I'm going to be heavily involved in the BC Habitat for Humanity chapter. I'm going to, they're very underfunded, so I'm going to try to try to help them acquire more funds. Um, looking at joining other organizations too. I have a job. I work at the Office of Student Affairs. Nice. But there's a there's a lot of you know administration there that I can raise concerns to as well. Mm-hmm. So, and then also. I'm going to walk up here again in the wintertime. Huh. Nice. Um, which is going to be challenging, but, you know, the homeless, they're still homeless in the winter, and they got to deal with all the weather and everything. So, Okay. This is where I want to circle back to that virtual asterisk, if you can even do that in podcasting. <laughs> Among all human beings, there are not all that many people who understand this concept of being very willing to die in an active service. In some ways, I experienced this doing things like traveling to Haiti as a younger teenager and being like, if I die there, so be it. I'm doing this out of love and I cannot imagine a better way to die. Um, It'll be a good statement. It will show people um, what's going on there. It will teach people a lesson even to the extent of me losing my life. Um, the people who think like Gordon here and his proposal to hitch, not hitchhike, to walk, um, here in the winter, um, this idea is something that maybe we can call a high-functioning activist. Someone who is a combination of a big dreamer, an activist, an incredibly driven overachiever, even though I hate that word, and oftentimes they are highly, highly intelligent. Another thing though I'm speaking more generally and not just about Gordon here, is that a lot of these high-functioning activists are also highly depressed. 
there's a syndrome, not an actual diagnosis, um, known in psychology communities as perfectly hidden depression, um, that kind of gets at this idea. But these people feel incredibly deeply, have, some have either suffered trauma themselves and or are just incredibly pained by watching the suffering of the world around them. The agony of feeling and knowing things very deeply oftentimes translates to a lack of care for their own lives, including risky behavior that is outweighed and masked by the work that they're doing. People see the goodness, but don't always see that you are putting your life on the line for reasons that are not always pure. Mother Teresa is an absolute prime example of this, particularly a saintly example. Her intentions were probably pure, or pure enough to get her to heaven, um, but she suffered from incredible darkness that drove her to do some pretty risky and pretty crazy things for the care of other people, and obviously it worked. I, I think it'll be another good way to, to one, show how much this caused me to me, and two, to help people realize like what people have to go through. You know, I'm gonna try to record the whole because I didn't I didn't plan it out last time at all. I should have recorded the whole thing. Like people have questioned if I've actually done it, which is kind of absurd. Yeah. <laughs> because, like they should they should have looked at the blisters on my on my feet. Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah, I'm gonna record the whole thing. This is all, this is, you're the first person I'm like telling this to. So <laughs> you got the inside scoop. I'm honored. I'm going to do it again. Raise, raise more money. Uh, hopefully stay alive because it's, it's not a safe thing to do. No. But I'm, not, I'm not afraid of, you know, like if I, if I died doing it, I died doing what I wanted to do. So I, I wouldn't even be upset. Yeah. 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 Raise more money that way. Just a lot of ideas, a lot of ideas, but you know, also I'm already pretty busy. So I, I got to try to find a way to balance this stuff and meet the people I need to meet to make some of this stuff happen. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, there, there's no excuses. I got, I got to keep doing something, you know, that's, it's my job. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. And I feel you on the busy thing. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. I feel like there's that's no, there's no excuse. You make you make time for what you want in life, you know. True. The people back home who really knew me, like, they weren't. They they told me not to do it, but they knew I was gonna do it. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, like one thing that I pride myself on is whenever I say I'm gonna do something, I try to do it. Mm -hmm. And I kept telling myself while I was walking, you know, I was every step I took, I was in a lot of pain, but I just kept telling myself like. The only way you're not going to finish this is if you die, you get arrested, or you get hospitalized. Mm. Those are the only, the only three reasons why I was going to finish it, and none of those things happened. So here I am. You know? Yeah. Were there any moments that you thought you might give up, quit, go home, take that offer for a plane ticket? I mean, every day I thought about it, but there was no, like, especially once people were supporting me, and, you know, when I was seeing the money i was raising for the people who needed it the, the pain was temporary you know my feet they they haven't completely healed but they're basically back to normal and i i knew that would happen so i was like just keep walking you know i walk we walk every single day so i, I just had to keep walking i was just walking a little bit further you know so True. 
I, I had to do some crazy stuff. Like I crossed an interstate one time. <laughs> I jumped in. It was like an eight foot fence. Uh, I got hit by a grandma going at like 10 miles an hour. Yikes. Yeah, I, there was a few times I had to use a bathroom in the woods, like, like not, not just peeing. <laughs> yeah. So that was fun. Um, and people would like fake swerve into me. That like, that happened like four or five times, which, so what I was like, the, I was less than a foot away from these cars going 60 miles an hour at me, you know, I had to get used to that. Um, and then I was carrying a bag that was about 35, 40 pounds. Um, yeah, my feet were basically completely blistered. But I just had to keep going, you know. It was, it's not like I was doing something that difficult. I was just walking, so. Yeah. Just yeah. kept walking. Then what was it like when you finally made it to BC? I couldn't stop smiling. I was just just looking around i was like wow because not only was i thinking about how i made it you know on the walk but the whole year year and in a few months that led up to it, it was insane you know like i i still can't believe i'm here yeah <laughs> it feels like a dream that someone's gotta wake me up from mm. but i keep pissing myself i can pinch pretty hard too and I'm not waking up, so I, it must be must be real life. I don't yeah. know. That's so awesome. That's so good. Um, like I give myself bruises from pinching myself. <laughs> so. That's that's the real the real deal. Um, what advice would you give to other college students who have heard about your story and either want to take some sort of action on their own, or I don't know want to do something big and crazy and wonderful like that uh, well first of all i want to so like i love people i love when people support my cause but it doesn't have to be about homelessness you don't have to walk a long ways you know you don't and if you're doing it for the right reasons which i truly believe i did some some people would beg to differ but they don't know me <laughs> mm -hmm. uh you can't be doing it for attention, right? That's that's like the most important point. You have to be doing it because it's something you're passionate about and you want to help other people, right? And also another thing I think is just donating is not enough, you know? Anyone who has money can give it away. It's a tax write-off, you know? So I feel like the best way we can make a difference is by spending our, our time, which as, co as college students, we don't have that much of, right? We don't have that much time. But spend our time to go help other people out. That That's, if you can do that, you did the same thing I did, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, it, it means just as much, you know, it's just, it's just as honorable. It's just as good-hearted, you know? There's... There's nothing better you can do than spend your time to help other people out. That's, that's the best thing we can do as humans. And if you, if you can do that, then you're doing enough. Awesome. That's what I think. Yeah. That is some pretty solid advice. Um, is there anything else that you would like to share with podcast listeners before we wrap up? Um, 
I mean, there's a lot I could share, but I think the most the most important thing I want to share is, you know, it's e- it's easy to bring people down, you know, talk negatively about people, make up lies about people, you know, just be mean spirited to people. But you know, the question I ask, and you know, we do that every day in one way or another, whether it's just our thoughts or, you know, I'm not gonna lie, I do it too. Of course, I do, but trying to do and what I feel like everyone should do. You know, treating people with kindness is much more difficult to be positive towards people than it is to be negative. And you know, if we can all work towards doing that, then this world will be a much better place. And it doesn't matter if other people are are good or bad to you, you know. Because at the end of the day, if you're comfortable with yourself and you're happy with yourself, then what people say about you shouldn't matter mm-hmm. but what should matter is what you say back to them and if like an analogy i made on an instagram live when i was walking now it wasn't the best analogy because i was busy walking but you know if someone spits on your face your first instinct is to spit back at them right but if you just if you spit back at them right instead of wiping the spit off your face mm-hmm. <laughs> and that spit's still gonna stay on your face right yeah if that <laughs> it's it's kind of a gross analogy, but if that makes sense, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but and you know when you look back on when you spit on their face, you know what would that really make you feel better? Like deep inside, you know it might make you feel better for an instant, but when you look back and you imagine yourself spitting on someone else's face, which is wrong no matter which way you put it, even if they spit on your face first, right? Mm-hmm that really going to make you feel better and you know I truly believe the answer is no and I don't think people think about being kind to people enough and I think if we all just work towards that we'll, we'll enjoy life more you know life life will be a much more satisfying place mm. so. solid very solid Thank you so, so much to Gordon for being on this episode of the podcast. You are going to do amazing things in your time at BC and beyond. And thank you to all you listeners for tuning in. We are back on our Monday morning schedule, so be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts to listen in next Monday. As always, you can find this podcast and all of the other Grexley podcasts on grexley.com, as well as you can find our merch and our Patreon if you feel called to support this media endeavor. If you have a guest recommendation, please send it our way at grexley.com slash to the heights in the contact form or email us directly at to the heights podcast at gmail.com. Additionally, if you have any questions for me about social justice, anything we've talked about this season, or just questions about life, send it in for our next Ask Olivia episode, also using to the heights podcast at gmail.com. Your weekly challenge this week is to brainstorm a way that you could help someone who is homeless in your community. There are so, so many ways, and not all of them um, require money. Some require time, talent, things. Um, Here's one cool and random example. My family um, loves to fish and is very much a on-the-water family. My brother in particular loves to fish and has taken up um, filleting fish for the local homeless shelter, family shelter, 
um, in Plymouth County um, near Cape Cod. And he, um, the environmental police, when they find an illegal fish, someone has caught an illegal fish, it's either the wrong size or quantity, they don't have the proper licensing to catch said fish, um, they will bring it, the police will bring it to the shelter, but the shelter needs someone to flay it. So my little brother Max will go over and flay the fish. So it does not need to be something like donating um, to Gordon's GoFundMe, though it absolutely can be, and I will link that down below. Um, one other fun little thing that I would love it if you would do this week. Um, I, in typical Olivia fashion, my brain was going in about 6,000 different directions when I was recording this podcast um, and editing and planning it out and whatnot. Um, and at some point, I had wanted to fit in, or I was coming up with narration that fit in a particular reading um, that I never found where I intended. I forgot where I was going to put it, and it didn't have a nice transition, so I'm sticking it right here. There is an incredible essay that if you have never heard of it or never read it, I encourage you to do so. It is, I think it's less than one page long. Um, let me check. I have it right here. Um, it, yes, it's one page long, less than one page, and it is fairly big font. You can find it all over the internet, though I will link it below. Um, it is called Helping, Fixing, or Serving by Rachel Naomi Remen. Um, she is a doctor and just an incredible, incredible reading. And if you plan to take any action, um, helping the homeless, serving in any way, better serving your family, um, better um, being a friend, a student, a professor, or whatever, um, I highly, highly, highly recommend that you read that. Um, in fact, pause the podcast, turn it off in like 30 seconds when I wrap it up and go, um, read this right now. Um, I will link it down below, but you can always Google it. Um, just Google helping, fixing, or serving. It'll come right up and it's by Rachel Naomi Remen. Um, I hope you all are well during this crazy time. Um, I will talk to you guys next week and in the meantime, keep on reaching to the heights. Mm -hmm.